I don't know what is happening to me. All I know is that it is happening. Tuesday on The CW. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? It's the incredible new series from Ava DuVernay. You have power I have never felt before. This is real, whether you believe it or not. I just want to be normal. You're not normal. You, Naomi McDuffie, are exceptional. Naomi, the can't-miss series premiere, Tuesday on The CW. Tuesday at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington's CW. Welcome to the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by... Ian Bruce. And John Marson. So yeah, uh, time to talk about some movies that we've seen. Uh, and I'm going to start off with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I saw a few weeks ago. Uh, I was very lucky to see it at the IMAX in Waterloo. <laughs> Films always look bloody brilliant there. Um, I saw it in IMAX 3D. The 3D was really good. Uh, probably the best post-converted 3D I have ever seen. Um and I've seen quite a few of those there. Um, there were some of the wide shots in the movie. It felt like the the uh, the whole IMAX was slowly rotating. Um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably Marvel's big sort of uh, gamble into the realm of sci-fi movies because it's it's not really a superhero movie. It's based on one of their least known properties. It's basically a ragtag group of mi- misfits. Uh, from various corners of the galaxy, uh, all kind of team up through circumstance and end up uh, embroiled in a galactic plot of su- significant magnitude. Um, so uh, it kicks off that you got the main... It's a character-driven uh, movie. It's got brilliant special effects, um, but it's primarily a character-driven movie. Um, and that's why it's got all the comparisons with Star Wars, because essentially... You've got uh, two sets of Han and Chewie. You've got Rocket the Raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper. You've got uh, Groot, voiced by Vin Diesel, although all he says is, I am Groot. Uh, He's like a walking tree. (laughs) Uh, And then you've got uh, Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt, um, who basically is is like a bit of a... He's like another sort of uh, Han Solo type. And he, he goes around sort of pleasing himself pretty much. He's a bit of a chancer, bit of a mercenary. Uh, and, and, and he, but he's basically, um, he was abducted as a boy, uh, back in the eighties. And so he's got like this cassette that his mum gave him full of all these eighties tunes. That's why you've in the trailers, you probably heard, uh, uh, lost in the feeling, um, and a few other, those sort of movies. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, you've got, uh, Zoe Saldana is playing Gamora. She's like the female. Uh, she's actually playing like the adopted daughter of Thanos, though. Thanos being the big bad 
in the Marvel Universe, who they've slowly been building up through a couple of movies. He's actually in this. Um, and uh, then, of course, you've got uh, Dave Bautista, who I believe is some kind of wrestler, and he's playing a character called Drax. And Drax is brilliant because basically someone will say something like, that just went over your head. And Drax will go, nothing goes over my head. I would catch it before it could. And stuff like that. You know, he's like, he's completely deadpan, you know, on a mighty quest and stuff like that. Whereas everyone else is having a bit of a, you know, what the hell. It's just got a brilliant sense of humour, this film. Um, like all the Marvel movies have. But it works so well in this context because all the stuff that's going on is just so ludicrous and over the top. We have to stop Ronan. How? I have a plan. You've got a plan. Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on nowhere. I just saved Quill. We've already established that you destroying the ship that I'm on is not saving me. When did we establish? Like three seconds ago. No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. She's right. You don't get an opinion. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> That's a fake laugh. It's real. Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what is better than 11%? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you, Groot. Thank you. See? Groot's the only one of you who has a clue. Uh, it's been said by a lot of people. I mean, it's at this point, it's the biggest movie of the year. And that is because, like a lot of films like Avengers and Avatar, people end up going to see it more than once. And they want to see it in the cinema more than once because it's it's worthy of that giant screen. It looks incredible. I had a really good time with it. And it's my favourite movie of the year. Cool. <laughs> so I take it you guys haven't seen it yet. Not yet, though I might do now that I've heard you rant about it like for the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> you really do love that film and uh we usually tend to like the same stuff, so yeah, I will I will watch it. It's really funny. Um it's it's just honestly like you I just thought I came out of it and thought that is probably the best sci fi film I've seen since Return of the Jedi. It really is. What? Really? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yep. No joke. Just because all these sci-fi films, they 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 never quite get the characters right. They because with with sci-fi films, um, and I love I love all kinds of different sci-fi films, but you need an in, yeah. When the concept is so sort of far out, yeah, you need a way into it. And Star Wars back in the day managed that so effectively with the whole Han and Chewie relationship. And uh, and this one does it. And not only does it do that, but it as and be funny, it also manages to be incredibly moving at the same time. There's like a brilliant scene at the at the end. And if I described it to you, aside from it being a spoiler, it would sound so ludicrous. You'd be like, "What the hell? How is that in the slightest bit moving? That's <laughs> ridiculous." But it just is because it's really well directed and it's really well written. And yeah, you know, the Marvel formula wins again. So, okay. yeah, trust me, it's awesome. And uh, I'd just recommend it to anyone. I'd recommend it to my mum. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just it works, you know, it just does. So yeah, so uh, watch it. Uh, do you want to talk about something you've seen in here? Um, uh, I've seen foolishly, perhaps I've seen Lucy recently. Yes, I have important information about a group of drug traffickers. I need to speak with someone in a position of authority. Aha. You're very lucky there's no one with more authority in this office than me. What is your name? Listen up, Pierre Adolio. Get off your desk, sit in your chair, pick up the red pen to the left of you and take down everything I say. There are no cameras. Hurry up. I have no time to waste. Go ahead. I'm going to be sending you the details of three people about to arrive in Europe. Each one is carrying a kilo of drugs. I need you to arrest them and collect the substance. I'll need it for later. What form are these drugs in? Bars, capsules? Powder. Hidden in plastic pouches inside their intestines. Excuse me? Make sure to be careful when you remove them. The product is very powerful. (laughs) Believe me. This is... A big disappointment for me, because uh, I love Luke Besson, Fifth Element, Leon, yeah, yeah. Nikita, yeah, uh, all these classic, excellent films where there's a good idea and it's carried all the way through. Sadly, I found Lucy to not be one of those films. It's his first for a while, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to go into the premise. It's basically, I'll go into it small in a little way. A uh, woman gets forced to take some drugs across town, gets captured, um, gets forced to smuggle the drugs in her belly, puts up a fight, stuff ruptures, she goes, she becomes a superhuman. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting premise. And and the trailer was very well done. It had all the best bits. It's absolutely had all the best bits. Um, She gains superpowers. She can travel. She can rearrange her molecules and all kinds of, batty shit but that's when it stops being good once you've explained that that's that's the best bit of the film in what 30 seconds whatever that was and the rest of it is just completely off the rails and not in a fantastic like the raid kind of way it's just what was somebody thinking when they thought this would be good especially the last third it's just madness I just got nothing from it at all um, and my wife, we went to see it together, and she was quite disappointed as well. It, it's certainly the first film for a while where she, she and I have seen it, and she spent most of the film turning to me and saying, "What the fuck?" <laughs> not in a not understanding it kind of way, but just why have we paid money to see this again? <laughs> um, why do yeah? So disappointed. Um, it's got Morgan Freeman in it, playing Morgan Mi- Freeman, Mister Exposition. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> in that beautiful velvety tone. Oh, God, he's got a sexy voice. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to now explain the plot to you. <laughs> yeah, that was not a sexy voice. Thanks for that. Just <laughs> um, turn me right off. Well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone flaccid all of a sudden. Um, I know some people have enjoyed it, and I think it has good qualities, but I think we would we certainly went into it expecting it expecting it to perhaps be more like Leon and less like Taken 2, and it was more like Taken 2. 
I know he only produced or whatever wrote Taken Two, but it was, it was yeah, not good. It was like watching all of the Matrix trilogy in an hour and a half, um, and I did not like it. I've heard that, um, like those Matrix films, this one suffers perhaps from a lack of stakes. Um, not. Well, that was that was my biggest flaw with her abilities. Superman can do everything, but if you've got a little chunk of rock from his planet, you can get him to do anything because he crumbles and goes weak. But she is just indestructible. She's absolutely indestructible. Uh, she has no redeeming qualities. She's not trying to do anything for the betterment of humanity. She just, it's all for her own ends that I got from it anyway. Maybe I uh, okay. dozed off and missed a massive plot point. That sounds so a bit pony. None then. of the characters... Yeah, I mean, if there was some kind of... The only jeopardy is she has to get more of this stuff to stay alive for longer. That That's the jeopardy. And what was that film with Statham in where he had to keep Crank. doing something? Uh, Crank. Crank. <laughs> Crank did that much better. <laughs> if I don't do this, then I'm going to be in trouble. Crank did that much, much. Crank 2 did that much better, and that was shite. <laughs> um, so I, I was... I was disappointed. However, most directors usually have a film or two where they blip, um, and hopefully next time he'll get back onto it, for me at least. So, there you go. <laughs> Anybody else seen it? Anybody else going to see it? Um, I probably I'm not won't now. bother. I've just, heard, <laughs> I've just heard too much bad stuff about it, to be honest. Um, have other people said it was bad as well? I don't want it to be another Godzilla. Uh, Commode said it was all right. Uh, Empire didn't like it, slash film didn't like it. And they're where I right. normally, apart from you, okay. fine gents, uh, that's where I get most of my recommendations from. <laughs> we uh, know where we are in that list, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, well, okay. uh, moving on then. Uh, me and John uh, went to see Sin City, A Dame to Kill For last week. I can't get her out of my head. She owns me. Kill him. This time she's crossed a fatal line. She betrayed me. I rule in Sin City. Need your help. Needs going up against a lot of guns. You cannot defeat the goddess. You're a predator, destroying lives. I'll be coming for you soon. I guess the main difference between this film and the last one is that this one's in 3D, um, which works really yeah. well with the format because everything is very cartoony and having that, 3D element to it as well although I, I wasn't really sure if it was going to work but it's stuff like uh, there's a scene a black and white scene and the snow is falling in front of you whilst it's playing out behind the snowstorm it's that element of it works quite well although as far as the film itself went I felt that they used up most of the good material in the first one and this one yeah, was just kind definitely... of like mopping up <laughs> It kind of does. I mean, this the, the first movie was based on the first... Well, it was not the first three. It was just three of the stories. Um, and this one's kind of based on one, I think, and one of the short stories and then some made-up stuff with Nancy. Um, yeah, I think so, there's six yeah. books in all and the first film did three and this covers off the other three, but one of them is the short, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it definitely suffered from that. But, however... This film did have Eva Green, who I am warming to more and more each time I see her recently. I certainly warmed to her during that film, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's just got Eva Green in it, 
all of Eva Green and not much else. Like, and the cost- I'm off to the cinema. See you later. <laughs> she didn't need to yeah, spend a lot uh, of time in the costume department. No, definitely not. <laughs> I don't think there was any uh, costume assistant involved. She had a rope on at one point. For it, only for a little while, though. A rope? Yeah. Just just cool. for a short while. The rest of the time, she's pretty much naked. Or just yeah. is naked. But that's just the style of Sin City, isn't it? And even though it's kind of like, wow, you're like, well, that's kind of once you're in that universe, because, I mean, I watched this in quite an unusual way because I decided because I had the week off, I, I would try and watch the first film before and then meet you and we'll watch the second one and go straight in. But I didn't quite manage to do that. So I ended up having that the first movie bookending the original because I went home afterwards and I I watched the last bit of the first film just because I thought I've got to do it all um and so doing watching all of that in such proximity really did highlight kind of how much better the first film was um it's it it just the stories are just better um at the end of the day uh while a dame to kill for that story in itself is all right I mean there's also some weird stuff going on with um uh, C- Clive Owen's character, uh, what's his name in it? Dwight. <laughs> Dwight. There's also some weird stuff going on with Dwight in that he, uh, halfway through this film, gets so badly bashed up that he has plastic surgery. And I thought, oh, that'll be fine because, you know, you've got Clive Owen playing him in the other movie. But unfortunately, I forgot that that happens right in the middle of this story. So instead of getting Clive Owen, they kind of just had to do a bit of a Clive Owen on Josh Brolin and kind of give him a bit of a hair, a bit of a wig and some weird prosthetics (laughs) to try and make him look a bit like Clive Owen, which is a bit odd. Um, But, you know, I mean, I think it's been said before elsewhere, but Sin City really is the very epitome of style over substance. And... It was still a fun thing to watch. It was fun to see uh, Marv, uh, you know, uh, Mickey Rourke back in the saddle. Yeah, I mean, there's some brilliant, uh, like, casting in in this. Uh, You've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing a main role in one of the bookend stories. And... uh, I think, like I said at the time, it worked well as, like, a companion piece if you're a fan of the first one, but on its own, it's, it's nothing special. No, no. Where is the first film could stand alone yeah and had to stand alone but um yeah uh no i yeah it was all it was all right it was just more of that and it's definitely not as good but if you're really into sin city i mean i'd heard some shocking things about it it absolutely tanked in the states it tanked here i think it was it it was released on a monday which gave it almost a full week before it was eligible for inclusion as for that weekend box office so and it still only managed to rank fourth last week so uh it's pretty much tanked here as well because if a film opens that early normally it will get straight to number one and that's why they do it but uh just goes to show even that couldn't save it and uh yeah it's got shocking uh rotten tomatoes metacritic and so i knew all that going in um and so i had fairly low expectations and i would say those expectations were exceeded a bit, but that's just because I'm a real fan of the content and uh, I've got all the books here and stuff. And so I'm, I'm already bought into it. Yeah. It's it's not a bad film. It's just that the first one was so good. Yeah. But, and it was nine years ago, you know, that, that that's how long I've lived in this, where I live now. 
So I, I moved in and the first Sin City movie Holy came shit. out. shit, right. And then, and then the last one, and now the second one's come out nine <laughs> years later and I'm still living here. God damn it. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do have a little film to talk about briefly that I watched the other Go day. Go for it, mate. Um, Go for it. So it's an Aussie film called The Rover. Because I believe in God, and I know Henry believes in God, and there's no harm Henry wants to see me come to. And I believe in that. Yeah, look at the harm you've come to, and where's Henry? He's waiting for me. He's not waiting for you. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I'll tell you what God's given you. He's put a bullet in you. And he's abandoned you out here to me. He feels nothing for you. I couldn't give a fuck if you died tomorrow. God gave you a brother who's not waiting for you. He gave you a brother who's not even thinking about you right now. Just because you and him come out of the same woman's hole. The only thing that means anything right now is that I'm here and he's not. Your brother left you to die. That's what people do. You don't learn to fight, your death's going to come real soon. Yeah, it stars Guy Pearce, who I haven't seen for a little while in anything. And it's basically a post... Our Pats. Huh? And our Pats. Our Pats? Our Pats. Richard, uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's in it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic film, but in this case, the apocalypse was just that the sort of established global, global economic order collapsed. Um and so it's kind of set in a desert. It's a little bit Mad Maxy, as in the first Mad Max, rather than the crazy ones later on. But um, what happens is the guy is uh, sort of chilling, and then there's a car crash outside, and the guys that were in this car crash need to get away from whatever it is they're running from, so they break into his car and steal it. And he goes after them, tries to track them down, ends oh, up... Oh, right. Yeah, so it's kind of like a... The thing is, this this dude, like Guy Pierce, doesn't have anything to live for, and they've given him an excuse to do something nasty. So he doesn't really. That's his only motivation. It's just that he hasn't got anything fucking better to do than to chase them down and start killing them one by one. Oh right, so yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It's good. It's but- um, it's not amazing, but it is really quite decent. It's got a pretty limited release over here. It's out in two cinemas in London at the moment. Um, but yeah, if you if you've got a spare evening and you see it's on locally, I'd definitely watch it. You said it was a bit slow uh, when we chatted earlier. Um, in point at points it is, but I wouldn't know. Not overall, it's it does it does keep moving along nicely, but the, it's just a bit. It's a little confusing because you're like, what does he love about this car so much until it finally clicks that he doesn't really give a fuck about the car. It's just that he doesn't really. He doesn't. He just doesn't want to let people have one over on him when there isn't yeah. any law. He might as well go and sort it out. 
Oh, this uh, stars Joe Edgerton as well, and it's the director of Animal Kingdom, which was pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, yeah, totally different film to Animal Kingdom, but yeah, good film. Cool, I will check that out then. Um, Is there anything you've seen that you want to talk about, Ian? Uh, Lone Survivor, if you want to skip ahead to that. Sure, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I I, I watched that recently. Um, It's basically... Tells us. You probably know the story better than me, actually. Ian, do you want to? Um, it's a an Afghanistan thing. For a number of special forces soldiers have got a or seals have got a mission to, I think it's take out somebody in the village in the middle of nowhere, as always. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I went into it. It's got Mark Wahlberg as one of the guys, and I thought uh, it's going to be like one of the snipers or whatever. Those films he did, they were okay, but they were a bit <coughs> direct to video. Um, and I thought this was going to be like that as well. So they go to the village, they stuff goes wrong, they happen across a goat herder who gives their position away, and then they have to try and retreat extremely quickly. While the village, which appears to be <laughs> hiding an army, uh, unleashes hell upon them. Uh, and hijinks ensue, but not. <laughs> but not typical war movie hijinks. And that's the thing that really made it stand out for me. Um, It's based on a true story. And as so very often with these true stories, you get footage of the guy or guides that survived at the end. Obviously the title suggests only one guy survived and it was only one guy that survived. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Uh, But you, you get to hear about the guys, the other guys that were there and see photos of him with them and stuff. And that's, that was, that really got me actually. To be honest, the first three minutes got me. Yeah, this is a fucking training montage, and I was it. Look, it was beautifully shot. Not Michael Bay. It wasn't army porn. It was just the very best of Amer- American military. And I know that's probably a weird thing to say, but it just looked <laughs> the whole brothers in arms thing. Fuck, it was awesome. Jesus, that, that was like actual documentary footage, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. the actors. It was just it was SEALs training, and like it, it was Christ, it was good. Yeah, uh, respect. Although, let's not go down that road. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, it was a really good film. Warburg was excellent. The Some of the set pieces were just... Fuck, I've not seen anything like that for a while. It's it's definitely um, like, like the most full-on sort of war action stuff I've seen in a long time. I mean, they're so but, like... But, but not in a Private Ryan kind of way. It's no. not kind of <clears throat> a bit of expedition, massive battle. It, it, it all felt like everything happened was in context of what they were trying to do. The, the thing that really um, got me was the decision that they had to make with the goat herder. It's like they, yes. they found him with a radio. They know he's with the Taliban or whoever it is they're fighting against. Do you let him go and risk giving away your position or do you leave him tied up where he will die of exposure or do you just yeah. shoot him? And they make the, you know, they make the morally correct decision of letting him go but it's the stupidest fucking thing they could have done. Yeah, it kind of bites him in the arse a bit. Yeah. What would anybody have done? Well, I think that's... Take take his done. shoes, at least. Like, slow him down a little bit. <laughs> you know? There's no need to let... You know, give him a lift down the road. <laughs> I don't know. You could have tied them up, come back for them once the mission was done, maybe. I don't know. It's difficult, but... Yeah. Let me say it again. This is Spartan Zero One Over. Hey, eyes down. Eyes down. Eyes down. Eyes down. Danny, you radio working? 
It's feeling like a cursed op. Not a cursed op. No curses. It's just Afghanistan. That's all. The way I see it, we got three options. <clears throat> One, we let him go, hike up. Probably be found in less than an hour. Two, we tie him up, hike out, roll the dice. He'll probably be eaten by wolves or freeze to death. Three, we terminate the compromise. We cannot do that. That's the central point of the film, isn't it? It's that dilemma, really. Yeah. Yeah. And doing stuff for your comrades, which is always a good... Uh, good movie topic for me, anyway. Uh, wasn't yeah. Eric Banner in it? Wasn't he the one in the helicopter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's quite, it's quite a big cast, actually. It's it's probably got the same sort of... It it reminded me a bit of Black Hawk Down. There were so many sort of recognisable faces in it. Yeah. I think Turtle from Entourage was in the office as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Weird, um, and it's the, the, the thing that I enjoy, one of the things I enjoyed about it was it's by Peter Berg who did the absolutely dire Battleship. Mm. Uh, well, reasonably dire, not Transformers Three dire, but quite dire. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I read somewhere dire. after I'd seen it, I did some research on it, and I'd read somewhere that uh, he'd gone to whoever made. Uh, battleship and said, look, I really want to make this film about this guy who survived this thing in Afghanistan. Can I make this film, please? And they went, mm, no, you can make battleship though. And so he, he got into them by making battleship and it being the tediously commercial success it was with certain demographics. And that gave him the clout to then do this, which one is for them, one excellent. for me and all that. Yeah. And that's, it's great. I, I'd happily put up with a number of battleships. If we get more movies like this. That would be great. It's not like you have to watch the battleship ones, is it? You can <clears throat> you can filter them out. True. Sometimes you just can't help yourself. <laughs> That's why films like Transformers really don't annoy me. You know, it's fine. They're not for me, but they get bums on seats. They keep not even the, the first one. The first one, yeah. I've, I mean, I've got the first three here on Blu-ray. I didn't buy any of them though. I'll just point okay. out. Okay. Um, uh, first, I mean, I yeah without getting too much into Transformers itself, but, I mean, you know, those films, they get bums on seats, they keep cinemas open, uh, and, and, and they keep the studios afloat to spend money on films like this. Yeah. So, Which is good. Have you guys watched um, Generation Kill talking about war stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was pretty bloody amazing. But it was a few years ago now that that came out, wasn't it? But I was thinking, yeah. that's probably the last war-based um, media thing that I saw. <laughs> media thing there's a I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before there's a number of uh, documentary films about Afghanistan one of them is called Restrepo yeah there's a sequel to that too isn't there uh, K- Kalangar Valley or Kanagal or something Kandahar uh, yeah I've, I've seen the sequel I, it didn't really do it for me the same way the <laughs> Restrepo did um, but Restrepo is, an, is a, an amazing documentary about guys sat on a hill in Afghanistan not really doing very much I'm wondering why they're doing it. <laughs> uh, and some really, really moving shit at the end. Um, I think you'd, you'd just be all over the place with it, Rob. <laughs> if you're crying cool. at a Stephen Hawking trailer, I think you'd be all over the place with the Restrepo differently. <laughs> of course, you got uh, the uh, Catherine Bigelow stuff, uh, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. That was all kind of around. Yeah. Of I didn't really rate uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I quite liked Hurt Locker, but... Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty didn't float my boat at all. No, mine neither. It was a bit too... Dark? 
Well, no, I mean, we all know that literally shit Literally, can't it, see a fucking thing. Yeah, in yeah. many different ways, it was very dark. Like, literally the last sort of half an hour of the film, I had to turn all the lights off in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought that was a propaganda beating of chest thing. Mm. Didn't really have any point, except they bad us good. A lot, a lot of American war films are, are kind of like that, though, aren't they? It's very much like, we're the best... We beat all the rest, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, d- I didn't really get Lone Survivor. Didn't I? Didn't really. F- it wasn't like a Rambo film. It wasn't like, yeah, die you, whatever racist epithet they choose to use. <laughs> um, it just felt like they were doing a job, and the other guys were doing a job, and shit happened. There wasn't. There wasn't. I mean, there were some. There were some heroic moments, definitely, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Hollywood heroics. Yeah, there was points in that Lone Survivor though where I was thinking. Wow, how many hit points have these guys got? Because they would, they get, they get perforated, pretty much. Um, yes, and it's yeah, it's seriously like guys just keep coming and they're just sort of doing their best to stay alive, basically. It's, and, uh, all of that made me made it really enjoyable for me because people can get shot a number of times before they go down, and not everything is Hollywood and the A team. So mm. it was, they felt like. I guess when the adrenaline's pumping, you can do a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, people do get shot multiple times in firefights and carry on going. Yeah. It does happen. It's merely a flesh wound. Yeah. Come here, I'll bite your ankles. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. Interesting interesting to see what Peter Berg does next. Uh, He did some of the leftovers, or he was in the leftovers, apparently. Oh, right, okay. We'll probably get to the leftovers next time, I think. Maybe. Moving on, uh, I saw a film called Child of God. What is it? On the card. Shoot out the red dot in the middle. You have five chances in which to do it. You pick any choice prize in the house. <laughs> and uh, the uh, elbow rest is permitted. Oh, they're right. I don't need no rest. All of the red must be removed in order to win. All the red must be removed. I should go on Henry that there side. Right 
Have you seen this yet, John? No. Yeah, wait for it. Wait for maybe a night when you can watch it on your own, because it's really, <laughs> really horrible. Um, <laughs> what kind of film is this? I don't mean it's a bad film, but basically, uh, it's directed by James Franco, and my oh, God, no. did I did <laughs> I swear at his name when I started watching this? Because it's there's just a se- oh look, I'll just the basic setup is is not really much plot, but it's um. This guy who's kind of been outcast by society, he just kind of like, it's set like in the 50s, I think, and he just kind of roams around the countryside in, in America, um, sort of do, pleasing himself pretty much. Um, it's based on a novel by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, and, do you know which um, novel it is? Child of God, I guess. Yeah, based on the novel, yeah, Child okay. of God. Um so yeah, oh, right. and he basically he basically um, he has little run-ins with the law, and you know he gets turfed out, and he, basically he it just gets more and more depraved, and um, <laughs> like we're talking about a film that I mean if you don't want to know anything about this, shut your ears. But basically, I was eating my dinner at the time, and in the first sort of ten minutes, uh, he does like uh, he defecates on the in the bushes. And you see the shit coming out of his arsehole. And it was like, I just was like, Franco, you bastard. Like, that was that was so unnecessary. Like, But it pretty much sets the tone for everything else to come after that. Um, basically, um, I mean, I'm, if to say, perhaps imagine what you might do if left to your own devices. And Franco's like, yeah, I'm keeping it real here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He does actually show up. He's he's in it right at the end. He plays a little cameo role. But um, yeah, if you want to see something that's a bit challenging or very challenging, I mean, I'd never heard of this film. I, and it pretty much, you know, it just went straight to DVD. It never had a big release. And it's understandable, really, because no one's going to watch this. Like, in their right mind, really. <laughs> I'm going to watch one it. Of those, it's a coffee yeah. film. <laughs> Yeah, but that's well. That's what sold it to uh, my housemate, who who uh, provided us with the entertainment that evening. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" And but afterwards, I did feel like that kind of satisfaction of watching something that was tru- truly horrendous. Like, and I don't mean that like it's a bad film. I just mean the content is quite horrific, and you need a pretty strong stomach. And 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 I. Is it human centipede horrific? I don't mean just from the shitting stuff, but is it just like really unpleasant? It's not people like doing horrible things to each other. It's not like science experiment. It's just like as long as it's real life, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've yeah, all done some crazy shit in our times. Come on, <laughs> basically, the, the, it's a horror film. I would say, and 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 to describe what goes on would sort of rob it of all its worth. Okay. Is it like Tyrannosaur? Uh, it's hard, more harsh than that. Okay. It's way better than, it, way better, way worse than dog killing. Hmm. You know. Okay. It's, we're talk, there's death involved and stuff afterwards. So he shot this on, um, <laughs> is it a Serbian tale stuff or is it? Oh, come on. Nothing. Or a Serbian film that. stuff. Yeah. It's. I don't know if it's as strong as that, but right. it's. It's certainly. Yeah, I mean, this is a disturbed guy, and you're watching 
him spiral into uh, a monster. Feral insanity. Yeah, and there's and there's some there is a certain level of entertainment to be had in that, I suppose, but it's not an entertaining film, you know? It's it's a challenging film. So it's not a twelve A then? God no. <laughs> I don't know it's gotta be an eighteen. This is all shot on uh, like just on DSLRs. So it's like real low budget. Cool. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um but yeah, I don't know. This I I did when because whenever whenever I'm watching a film I've never really heard of, I do sort of IMDb a little bit, and I'm sort of like want to find out, you know, ha- what happened to this film, a little bit around it, and I could find fairly pretty pretty much nothing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't make a lot of money. Twenty seven thousand. So you opening weekend. So you've now got to watch well, really? As I Lay Dying, the other James Franco film that's been out lately. Yeah. I wouldn't. I'll give it a go, you know. But I, I, I know what to get. Uh, you know, I'm. I'll know now what I'm walking into because I didn't realise the guy was sort of fucked in the head. Uh, well, I didn't realise he was <laughs> pushing he was the boundaries. Of, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I didn't realise he was into all that. So obviously, he's got something to say. Are you saying he, he's a fan of the scat? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. It's just, yeah, he's obviously into making films that uh, are, are a bit of a challenge to, to watch, really. I bet you um, I bet you were thinking, oh, I saw him in that comedy the, the other day, you know. That, <laughs> yeah, like, this that is the That crazy end. comedy, this yeah, is the this end, is yeah. The end, yeah. He, he seemed like yeah. a cool dude. <laughs> I'll see what he can do. Well, that's he's in it. Spider-Man as well. Here we exit. Yeah. I am actually, I do really rate the guy. I think he's pretty, uh, I, I'd say I'm a bit of a fan, you know, especially after seeing this, ironically. Because, uh, yeah, it's. I just find it nice to be to have my my sort of expectations realigned. Sometimes, you know, it's 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 good good for the soul. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you saw uh, in between us. I saw in between us as well. Uh, in between us two. I can't wait to get dog training dolphins, even though it is pretty bad how they're treated. Did you know all they feed them is raw fish? Oh, that is grim. I'd puke if all I ate was fish. They'd bang out of order. Imagine it, just raw fish. Their diet is fish. Yeah, because that's all they're given. But also because that's what they eat. It's so cruel, you know? No burgers, no KFC, no Nando's on birthdays, nothing. How would you like it? Well, if all I ate was fish, I probably wouldn't mind it. All right, yes or no, how would you like to just eat raw fish? If I was a dolphin? Yes or no? Look, you can't compare. Yes, yes or, or no. no? These people are marine biologists. Yes or yes no? Only no. raw fish. Yes, yes or, or no? No. Correct. Don't need to set it up, really. Uh, well, it's, it's it's basically... Uh, it's carrying on from where they left the last one-ish. Yeah, so of. they're all, like, uh, at university now, and they're <laughs> on a bit of a break, and so yeah. they go and find Jay, because he's... Apparently living the high life in Australia. Yeah, he's living in a mansion in Australia, as yeah. he does. Banging all the birds. Yeah, and actually... All the crunch. He, oh, he's working in the toilet in the club that he says he's, he's owned. And I tell you what, I fucking got it, and I said, I said, I bet he's working in the toilet. And he was working in the toilet! It's so funny! Excellent. Uh, I, I, I did think it was going to be a bit rubbish, because I just some of the press and the marketing of it was a bit... Mm, those, all of those jokes on, I've done have before. It. You really liked it before. Have it again. Yeah, Go on. I, I just, especially the trailer where they were driving just past some Aboriginals uh, out in the bush. 
uh, screaming fire wankers at them. I just thought, yeah, that was funny, but you've just done what three series and another film with all of that. Yeah. So I, I, I was prepared for it to be shit. I was not prepared for the shit in the film. It, it's it's pretty funny. It's it's really really pretty funny. Um, but there's a little bit of scat action going on. Not really scat action, but there are, there are there's some poo action going on there. Um, oh yeah. And I, I, I've never felt so revolted and amused at the same time <laughs> since we've gone Human from, Centimede 2. No, that's not true. It's funny how we've gone from uh, defecation as utter horror yes. as defecation as comedy, comedy. MacGuffin. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, we cover all kinds of shit on the Not Watching Podcast. It's a valuable tool to have in your acting arsenal, <laughs> the, the ability to have a good shit. <clears throat> um, it, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think they probably do need to stop now. Uh, and the ending was just there was too much at the end. Oh, you did enjoy it overall, then? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. I really, really loved it. Um, I I enjoyed it in as much as it was just more of that show that I quite enjoy. But, um, but I enjoyed it more than that because they didn't keep doing the same jokes that they'd done previously. There were some new ones. Okay. Uh, the poo stuff, the stuff at the end when they were sitting against the car, that was uh, quite touching. Uh, annoyingly, we saw it on a Saturday afternoon where. Lots of teenage girls were there, and whenever one of them felt a bit sad, we had a whole row, row in front of us going, oh, oh, Christ. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Go do your own work. Uh, oh. but that's the price you pay for going to the cinema Saturday during the day. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was good. If you like really toilet teenage humour, it's a, it's a good film. It's a good film. A number of people that I didn't think would see it have seen it and said it was excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was a bit surprised. It's good. Yeah, I yeah, it was it was all right. Um I I I, I think uh yeah, I don't think it would disappoint if you're a no. fan of the in betweeners. I mean who who's gonna go and watch this with no knowledge of the show? I mean really? I'm not sure how funny it would be if you did. I think it would still work. Apparently, it was the writers actually directing this this one. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So I think before oh, okay. the first one, they was like, "Oh, let's get some proper directors in." Um, and I think the second one, they were like, "Look, we made loads of money. Can we have a go, please?" And so they did. So they didn't do too badly either. Um, no, sure. It it was quite cool doing that whole like young guys go to Australia thing because I did that, <clears throat> and uh, they I, I went to um, Byron Bay as well where they. They they go in the film, so it did bring back a few memories. Well done for not getting eaten by a shark. Yeah, oh, too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> too tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about all we have time for. This has been the Not Watching Podcast in partnership with NotListening.co.uk. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Bobby Rocker B O B I R O K A. I'm at EboGB E B O W G B. And I'm at Wobbly John, with no H. And you've been handling the production tonight, I hope. Thanks, John. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) No worries, you haven't heard it yet. It might still be shit. You can contact us on email at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. You can find the show notes for this show at www.notlistening.co.uk. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please do give us a review. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.
uh, 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 uh. I tell you, a film that I do really want to watch is Nightcrawler, which is out soon. What's that? Um, it is. Hang on, it's the new Jake Gyllenhaal film, and it's got Rene Russo, Bill Paxton, and a couple of other people in it. And it's uh, Dan Gilroy's latest movie as director. Okay. Um, and it's about a bloke who goes into uh, crime journalism and gets caught up with one of the stories that he's investigating, I think. Okay. Is it modern day or? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've not really, um, I've not seen much Jake Gyllenhaal stuff, uh, apart from the cop one that he did. What's it called? Um, uh, Zodiac? No. No, I know what you're thinking. Of. End of Watch. Uh, End of Watch, that was good. Yeah, I really rated him in that. I think he's a really good little actor, so I want to you, see what he does. You must have seen Prince of Persia. I didn't see Prince of Persia, no, sadly. <laughs> you did. You totally and utterly did, because I saw it with you. Really? <laughs> yeah. You liar. You liar. <laughs> it wasn't I think his it was best just, work, It was obviously not very memorable. I, I remember very little about it. Uh, and I remember it not being very good. So, but I do remember eating it, eating Pizza Hut pizza around your house, <laughs> watching it with you. So, so you, have you seen Source Code? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, that was awesome as well. I think I went to an advanced screening of that back in the day. Uh, yeah, I might have watched Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect again with my wife. I know that's probably a film that neither of you may never watch. I don't know. It's a good film. It's it's like Glee Club film. Um. And this is, they're filming a sequel, so if there are any Pitch Perfect fans listening to this, <laughs> my wife might later. <laughs> um, we can look forward to a sequel with the original cast coming next year. Excellent. I guess one of the benefits of being single is that I don't have to watch anything like that. For that. I really enjoyed it. It's an excellent movie. Really, really excellent. <clears throat> I know, yeah. There are those films that you maybe might not ordinarily go and watch, but that are perfectly acceptable. Uh, so acceptable for what? <laughs> well, no, the ones that are just outside your sort of remit, perhaps, uh, that you end up quite enjoying. I'm aware of that phenomenon. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> to show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service. Without all the drama.